Hey everyone, in this episode we talk about Anthony's club championship. Will he win? Will he lose? Who knows? He has a good time either way. We also talk about match play, love it or hate it. I mean, there's only one answer to that, right? Then also the recap of our Bull Valley event. Can't wait to have you here, starting now. Welcome everybody to the A to Z Golfing Podcast, live from Studio C with Andrew Cezanne. Hey guys. I'm Anthony Zampano. First things first, uh, we are probably going to be a couple days late for you hearing us. Everyone's been hearing it on Tuesday. We both had other obligations that we couldn't get together. We had a family trip for Andrew. Yeah, it was a good time. I had a busy weekend with uh, club stuff and then running a great event over at Bull Valley. So um, we apologize to everybody who's, you know, waiting to hear what we have to say, because I know there's so many people out there waiting <laughs> to hear from us. But um, I, got, I, got, I got like two people, my mom and my wife, they just love it every time. So, <laughs> so I at least got two on board for us. I haven't got, I didn't get any questions today. So it was pretty good about, hey, where's the podcast? I kind of told a couple people that we might be a day late. So yeah. uh, no rush. Andrew's not going to rush. He's had a lot to do. He's He's going to be starting a new job uh, tomorrow, or which would be Wednesday. So I don't know when you're going to listen to this, yeah. but Wednesday. So that's it, my new old job. New old job, his new old yeah. job. So that's going to be nice. He had a great time on vacation. Where did you go? We went to Alabama Gulf Shores. Um, my wife got kind of COVID crazy during this whole thing last January. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to book some family trips for us. I said, okay. And then she said, we're going to Alabama. I said, where are we going? <laughs> she said, we're going to go to Alabama. I was like, I never thought that's where you were going to say, but let's, let's go do it. And it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It, lo it looked great. You guys got some good weather down there. It looked like from all the photos you were sending us. Yeah, we did. I did. It was, it was kind of really windy out there. You know, we had a pool in the, by the house that we were at. Uh, so we stayed there for most of it. And then we went to the beach at nighttime when the wind died down a little bit and just enjoyed it. It was just fun. She needed a getaway. Cause when we went to, we went to Disney earlier in the year, you know, it kind of, just running around trying to get all that kid stuff in. Yeah. Um, this one, we seriously just, we bought food, we bought drinks, just stayed at the house and did nothing. We went out one time to go get some seafood for her and uh, just did a whole bunch of nothing. And she needed that so bad. Yeah, I think you both do. I mean, you do you do a lot. She does a lot. She obviously does way more than you. Oh, she does. She does. So um, that was definitely good. Yeah. Um, well, I, it I, was... I'm sorry, go ahead. I need to know what happened with you. I, I, well, I, I I mean, you're kind of interrupting the intro. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to do I a few know, things here. So Yeah, I, I got to know what happened with this. So Matt, Matt Grubich joined us last week. Yeah. Um, didn't know if anybody saw it out there, but he was actually doing a signing. He was uh, over at the West <laughs> Chicago Menards. He all of a sudden he hasn't replied to our text messages. Yeah, he's, he's big. He's very big in Hollywood right now. He's trending. Um Matthew Grubich, it was a blast to have him on. Hold um, on, Matthew Grubich, and, and hear it in two parts, which was which was really cool. I didn't realize that it, it was that long to be in two parts. To be honest with you, because it's just anytime you're just talking with a buddy of yours, it just keeps going and yeah. going and going. But definitely getting back to the question that you were going to ask, um, it'll sort of correlate. We're starting to get to that point of the season where. Ryder Cups are happening. So we have the Ryder Cup at Kohler and then the Solheim Cup, I believe, is next week. Yeah. For me, there's no parallel in golf other than match play. Like, I, I have loved individual golf my entire life, but there's just something about 
every hole having so much meaning and, and it being termed a match. Like for me, it, it's so it kind of correlates to the question that you were going to ask about how my weekend went with the club championship. So right. um, I played in my first club championship at Elgin Country Club. Um, I, I don't know if I was considered the favorite, probably handicap wise, I was probably considered a favorite. So I'm not even part of your club and I've heard yeah. that you were the favorite going into it. And this was a couple months back. <clears throat> I've heard of that. I mean, hand, handicap wise, I probably, I, I, maybe at the time or so on and so forth, but there were so many good players in the top flight. You know, my matches, I had two matches before the one that I'll talk about a little bit from Saturday, but um, I, I ended up having to play the previous year's club champion in the second round. And for me, Nolan's a great guy. And no, I have no problem with Nolan. There was more there because of how he played against George the year before. He, I mean, he, he played George for the club championship the year before, and it, it didn't go very well. So it was kind of the lead up when we got the brackets right. and I saw that I was going to have that match. It was, I was putting pressure on myself. You're salivating over I, Well, yeah, but I was putting pressure on myself. And to tell you the truth, it, I think it was more because there were a lot of people telling me he wasn't playing well and I'm sort of just, I'm continuing to play and just go out there. And then he got up quick in the match and then um, it sort of ended, it ended sort of dramatically. I made like a 35 footer down the hill on 18. So oh, wow. it was, it was one of those things where I really wanted to beat him and I wanted to beat him by a lot. And then I had to catch myself in the middle of the match and just say, Hey, listen, play the match. He's playing good. Just keep up do your thing. So how much was he up on you to start it? Um, I think he got three up through nine. Okay. He was three up through nine and then, and then, which is very similar to what I'll talk about from Saturday. So, um, I, so I ended up playing Tim Sweeney, great guy, awesome guy, uh, really a battler, a grinder, kind of very similar style to my game. It's going to grind it out. Um, he's going to make a lot of pars in a very similar circumstance. So, I didn't know that going into it that we would be in a foursome. So both semifinal matches would be in the same. So you can see the other people playing at the same Yeah, time. which doesn't matter because you're not competing against them, right? right? So I was a little, not a little taken back by it, but I just didn't understand why. So I, you know, talked to our club pro and everything was cool and everything was fine. There was, there was no problem with anything. You know, Tim played very consistent and for myself personally, that was the worst round of golf I could have played. And, and I, I don't say that in a, in a, like in a overconfident cocky manner. Um, I knew pretty early in the match that I was going to have just a problem getting through the golf ball. And that was all on me. Okay, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything, uh, there it was just knowing your golf swing. You know, I was on the range. I was way too steep. Um, I was having problems getting through iron shots picking out targets and keeping them on targets. But we played a match that was just really wasn't back and forth. The first seven holes, either him or I won a hole. Like it, there were no halves, yeah. right? So he made a birdie. I made like a 35 footer on two. Then I think he made, uh, he made a par. Then I made a par and it just kind of went back and forth. Tim, Tim Sweeney might be one of the, the most genuine nicest human beings. Uh, I mean, I think he gave me more compliments to how I got back into the match. And, and, you know, for anybody that's ever played golf with me or is, or is heard about how I play golf, 
in in matches like that, in, in individual stroke play, when you're playing with your buddies, if you're having an off day, you might cash it in, have a good time, have a drink. When right. you're playing match play, it is it is literally like I don't want to. I, it's not that I didn't want to lose. I was okay losing. I didn't want to lose by three holes, right, or yeah. two holes, or, or or four, or something like that. Like it became that's something that sticks with you if you do. Well, that. yeah, it was trying. It was trying to figure out how to how to grind it out. So I'm I'm just we're going through the motions on the backside. I got it back to all square through 17. Okay, and I had a chance on 18, and I I did what 95 percent of human beings have have done in their entire life. I sod it over a sand wedge and hit it about 30 yards in front of me. Oh yeah. And listen, I, you know, we, we have talked numerous times about how certain things are easier for better golfers. I loved all the pressure associated with it. I kept my head up. I hit a wedge onto the green. I tried to make the downhill putt. Like it, it, I was never in a situation where I was like, okay, play for him to miss. Yeah. Like I never wanted to be in that situation. Now I know there's times in matches where you have to watch where your player's position is and stuff like that. He had like a 10 footer left for a four. I had this big swinger from left to right for a four from outside of his. And I, I tried to make it cause I ran it 10 feet past. I mean, right. I just, I just did. I was trying to make it. He ended up missing. And then I had to make a 10 footer to go to the 19th hole. And then he hit, he played the first hole great both times. I mean, he hit a ball, uh, to about maybe five inches for birdie. Oh. Um, and then I had to make some like 20 footer from the back fringe and, and tried to make it. And then, so I didn't give it, listen, I have this thing about winning matches and match play, right? Like I know you'll see a lot of guys, like if, if a guy's putting for a four and you're putting for a six, yeah, I would, Hey man, that's good. That's you're not going to yeah. three putt from. So I, I'm of course, now you've got like 20 people watching and I'm, I'm the one who looks like a schmuck, right? <laughs> I, I run it eight feet past and then I got to line it up and I got to bang it in and then I got to stand there because I want him to win the match. Right. I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to give it to him. I'll, I'll be very honest. If anybody has an opinion out there about it um, on the 19th hole, I, I made my opponent putt from about anywhere from six to eight inches away from the hole. I don't know what was going to happen, but um, I did it. But for me in golf, it was probably one of the best I don't know if we would call amateurs golf careers, but I'll, I'll use that term. It was probably one of the best moments in my golf l- career slash life. Just because of the the pressure or how it felt or what, what makes you think that? I, I think that every golfer out there has a level of expectation about how they perceive how they're going to play. And then the sort of brushing it off their shoulder when they play bad, right? We have a lot of friends. We have a, uh, a lot of humble friends. They'll tell us both directions. They'll tell us when they play bad. They'll tell us when they play good. Yeah. Right. I've always sort of kept that idea that I'm going to play bad. Like, yeah. Is my bad an 84 or an 83 or an 82? Yeah. That's my bad. Like I think 83 is my highest score this year. You learn something from every single one of those times. Like if I told you what I shot in that match now in, in the match, I shot 76. Okay. Okay. It's not a, for me, if anyone's, if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, you shot 76 it's four over par. But to me, to shoot that 76, like you had to watch it every hole. So for me, what I took away from it was the fact that I could have that type of round and still figure out a way to extend the match. I had zero 
I had zero want in me at the end to somehow squeak out a win. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the club. I did not deserve to win that okay. day. Tim deserved to win. And, yeah. and understanding that and appreciating that is why I loved that match with that guy. I have, I think I've only played one round of golf with Tim Sweeney. I've probably talked to him 50 times at the club. He came out last year when we did an event at um, Elgin Country Club back before the AGT series and just getting a bunch of guys together. Great guy. The whole week leading up, we were on the range together talking. Um, you we knew had, you were facing him. Or you knew he was going to be in the group, but you didn't know you were facing him, right? No, I knew I was facing oh, him. Okay, we have brackets. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I knew once I once I had beaten Nolan and he had beaten uh, oh. his opponent, Craig, in the round before, we knew we were playing. Okay. So we sent each other congratulations texts and stuff like that. But it, it, it was just the whole... And it's the whole idea about why I love match play. It, it, it literally is. You have a person who is playing so consistent and so well, and you have somebody who, I don't know how he looked at it going into the match, but perception-wise or handicap-wise, you're looking at it as, I think Tim, and it's not to discredit him, I think he's like a 3, 3.4. It's not to discredit him, and I'm, I'm like a point two. You, you go into it with a certain thought process, yeah. right? You know, you, I did it in the match against Nolan, and it might have taken me away from my my thinking about it. But this this match was, it was so important for me, and it was also important that I got to do it with somebody like Tim. Yeah. He was, I mean, he's congratulating me on how well I played. And it was like, I knew what he meant because... Yeah. I think I had to make like a hundred feet of putts just to stay in the match, but it even went into to Sunday. So he ended up playing the 36 hole match and uh, I, I believe he lost on the 35th hole. So he lost oh, on, wow. on the second round on 17 and I saw him that day cause I had to play my consolation match and he came up to me again. He goes, man, he goes, you know, you're a great player. Thank you so much. I mean, it was great so to that, see you grind that it out. A lot to him too, that match. Oh yeah, and I yeah. and I think there's that mutual respect, right? I mean, I, I've sat here a lot of times and I've talked about private clubs, and sometimes you run into good people, sometimes you run into bad people. That was probably my outside of my circle, my close knit circle of playing golf. That was the best experience I've ever had at a golf course. Wow. With with another person that maybe I've only met or played with a few times that was that handshake on one on the 19th hole the congratul the congratulations the going on the patio and talking about it us sitting together and having a cigar afterwards he he deserved it he won it and for somebody like me it it was I just keep my head high. Like you don't have it that day, but you didn't give up. You, you keep going. And I think that is the model for anybody who is trying to get better. You, you, you can't spend your time living in just the moment. It can't be, I've practiced so much and I'm not playing good. It will pay off. Yeah. If you continue to pride yourself in taking, you know, taking care of yourself, all the things that you love doing out on the golf course. I'm working on my putting. I'm working on my chipping. I'm working on my driving. Yes, it might not all come together the next time you go out to play golf. It might not come together the next month, but I will guarantee you that if you continue to do the things that you need to do to make yourself a better person and a better player, 
it will pay off in the long run. And that's that's what I took away from it because I wouldn't have reacted like that a couple years ago. Yeah, that's great. And so you love match play. Do you think you love it from your time competing in football? Like it's you versus someone else and you just, that's your mentality right there? Yeah, you know, that I've, to be honest with you, I've never been asked that before. Um, I can see where the two come together. Yeah. Um, I played positions in football. When I was growing up, I played quarterback. So when you play quarterback, I, I don't really think you're playing against one yeah, person. versus the whole defense, yeah. But I will say that when I started playing receiver, you focus on your individual matchups depending on what they're doing. So like, obviously if they play man to man, it's, it's your heads up. You got to beat that guy. If they play zone, now you're trying to beat two guys or three guys. I don't know. My mentality for golf very, when I started getting into golf was very football-esque. I mean, you probably remember seeing me come to tournaments. I used to wear like big bulky <laughs> uh, Beats headphones. Oh, yeah. Here's my check-in. Here's my skins money. And I'd go to the range by myself. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And I was just that guy because it was the football player in me. It was the psych. You psych yourself out to a certain point. I think more for me, the, the match play entity is that some people won't say it because it's 18 holes. Every hole is means something. Right. And I think that's the, that's the difference. You know, I can play with you and George and Nick and I can make a double bogey on the seventh hole and I can go on the scorecard and I can be like, okay, two birdies gets me in it. But there's some times where those two birdies don't win you holes. So you, you could go double birdie birdie. And if he goes par birdie birdie, you're still one down. down, Yeah. One down. And to me, that is why I get so psyched up for the Solheim. I get so psyched up when I start seeing like the, um, the U S amateur was on. I love that. The 36 hole finishing, (laughs) the semifinals, all that stuff. I mean, those, I love seeing those kids really just grind it out. I mean, they're all exceptional players. I mean, it's, I'm not trying to compare myself to uh, the gentleman that won the United States amateur, but I just, I, I get so geared up because there's so much, there's so much within the match riding on it. I mean, in an 18 hole match, yeah, we sit here and I'm saying 18 holes, but man, you get, you get one or two down in the first four and you, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone says. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about trying to catch up. I was playing it one shot at the time. Listen, I got down on the first hole in the match, and I was like, I got to get it back to all square, like right. immediately. Like, and that was my thought process, and I, I did on two, but then I were making the turn, and we were walking off, and I was three down, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to map it out, and and I and I did a good job of it. Like what holes you can catch them on, or like what holes you think you can make them. Well, what on? what hole? So like. Ten, obviously a par five. It was like, you got to take advantage of the par five. Right. So I did that. And then he ended up birdieing 12. So he's back to three up. And then I had to get up and down, but it it just went back and forth. And then there were a couple holes where I had to play off of him because I had the advantage because he put himself in some trouble, but it's just that. And I mean, for me, you weren't there after the round. It was draining like that's I, so I think your, your, your question about playing in football is that, you know, when you, put it all on the line. And I think football's a put it on the line, football, hockey, every game that I played in, I tried to give as much as I could yeah. for however much I could. And when you get done and you just sit down and you get that where everything that you have left comes out of you because you're drained. Yeah. That was basically how it was, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that day back to even sit here and say, I wish 
if I could take it over and go out there and beat him seven and six, I would rather have what happened on Saturday than to have won that match. Oh, I wish I was there for that to see that. It's just one. It's just one of those moments, and I think it, it's it says so much about not only my my golf career and life, growth. but everybody's. You yeah. know, you, you persevere. You know, you you put in the work. You put in the time. Sometimes it's going to be awesome. Sometimes it's not. Try to make the best of every experience. Don't don't take it out on your golf clubs. Don't right. take it out on yourself. Don't take it out on anything else. If you find yourself in a situation where you might not be having the best day, try to figure out a way to make it the best day that you possibly can. Do you remember your first match play event? Um, wow. Yeah. So my first match play event was when we ran the amateur tour. Yeah. And Rob put together an event where we played against the Michigan tour. That was my first one also. Okay. And uh, there was a gentleman, can't remember his name. It was many years ago. And uh, we got, the night before, we kind of got into a little verbal thing. I was, I, hey, listen, anyone listening, I was a, a, we're a cocky guy. I was a pretty then. punky, cocky kid back then. So um, I think we were at Swan Lake. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. That is correct. We had and dinner and you guys got into it, right? We did because we didn't play the first two matches against one another. So we, we kind of did this alternate. There was like nine holes of alternate shot, nine holes of four ball. And then you played with a teammate. Right. And then the next day was the 18 hole individual match. Yes. I had played the entire weekend with Freddie Limo. So when they were making the pairings, he kept, I think he was in the group behind us, but he kept telling me, he was like, you're ducking me. Oh yeah. You're ducking me. And finally I was like, I, I just, at dinner, I was like, dude, I, I'll any place, anytime, anywhere. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know anything. And, um, he waxed me. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, it, I think it was six and five. It might've been, it might've been five and four, but it was, it was a beatdown. Yeah. And it was, he told me all about it every single time. I mean, afterwards, was he cordial and friendly? I don't think we were ever going to ever in a moment where I thought we were going to get into a fight. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, he, he waxed me. And then, and then luckily enough for me, just even in that moment, right. Where I wasn't where I'm at now as a golfer. Plus I have a, I had a different mindset back then. Um, I got to play him the following year. Okay. So I got to return the favor. So I, I, I think I ended up winning like four and three. It wasn't the same beat down right. that, that he gave me, but it was this very similar. It's a very similar process. It was, you know, Went out and played. I got up quick. I started to lean on him a little bit. And and he wasn't playing as good as he did the year before, and I was playing better. So you bring those two parallels together, yeah. and, and you have what happened. But to me, you know, I've been, I've been kind of going back and forth on a lot of things. And so a true alternate shot with a partner is like my – I, I get psyched up for it. Yeah. But so that those are my first – those are my first moments. And I think that that's sort of what – uh, those were also my first times where I got to play true alternate shot with somebody else. And that's just a different type of pressure. There's pressure yeah. on the match. There's pressure to put your partner in a good position and you have all that going on. So, um, yeah, alternate shot with me. You, I'm just hoping that I'm inside like a foot on that last putt. If you're leaving me something, you leave me a three well, footer. I feel bad walking up to that putt. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's so many 
organizations out there that do the modified alternate shot, which I think is cool too. It's where, you know, both players tee off oh, and right. then you pick it and then you play it out from there. And then normally you got to use, it's like five of their drives or something like that. You right. got to do something like that. But I just love the idea. I mean, I, I I'm going to work on it a little bit more. I've got, a, I've got a few things that I'm brewing in my brain Uh-oh. for 2022, but oh, um, man, he's bringing the heat again. I love it. But yeah, I mean, there's, those would be the types of events that, um, that I would be huge on. And I think there's a lot of people out there that like that. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, I don't want to rely on yeah. somebody else. And, and that's fine. And, and you don't have to like every single event. It's just what drives my golf itch. Yeah. It, it's just what drives well, it. Yeah. I think there's two, like you just said, there's two. I love the match play event. Cause you said it earlier that you don't want to hope for someone to miss. You don't want to sit there and do that. I realized early on that that's what I was rooting for in, yeah. in a match play. Like it took me a long time to realize I should just focus on getting my pars and birdies, put the pressure on him. Yeah. I would sit there and be like, Oh, I hope this guy misses that five foot putt so I can <laughs> two put my putt in here. You know, like instead of being aggressive and, you know, doing it when I could, I'm sitting here hoping that this guy's getting out of the tree line in trouble or something like that. You know, don't worry about the other guy's game. Yeah. I mean, there's times where you can, you know, you can ease off a little little bit, you know, if he's hitting three out of a tree line, but you know, it took me a couple of times playing match play to understand that aspect of it. And I, I enjoy that a lot. I, I play, we play a lot of match play. We go up with a bunch of buddies there and, uh, I play against, uh, Jerry Biage a lot. Um, one of my good friends and, uh, him and Jason Grubage, Matt's cousin, okay. uh, they, they usually team up a lot and for somehow they're in the woods, like on the tee box <laughs> and somehow they hit the most miraculous six iron shots like through a tree hole under a bird through the squirrel under the bird under the bird somehow <laughs> flying across and it's five feet from the hole and yeah. you're sitting here in the middle of the fairway like wait what, what do I have to hit now yeah. and like then it puts the pressure back on you and I just those two are th- those two scrambled uh, two of the best scramblers I've seen for like my mid handicap level yeah. um that I love playing against them because it puts the pressure back on you and you, you know, you start to elevate yourself, um, up to it. I think last year, actually Matt and I faced those two and I think we got them, but, uh, yeah, I love, I love facing those guys all the time. So you, you, you also said that your first, uh, individual match play event was at the same place that mine was. So it was at yeah. Swan Lake. Yeah. So what, where does it, where does it hold for you? Like, does it drive your golf itch or is there something else that drives your itch? Um, no, I actually, I, it does drive my golf itch okay. playing, playing. Well, that's why I like playing this trip every year. We do it. I it's, I told my wife actually today, like, this is like my new year's, like I, my whole golf life revolves around this one trip with, with like a Ryder cup aspect to it yeah. because it means so much to me and it drives me like you're saying. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, you can, we can go out now and go play 18 holes and you know, you hit a bad shot on a hole and you're like, All right, I'll get the next hole, whatever. But here you you're playing it to where, all right, I hit a bad shot there. I'm one down. Now yep. I need to get this back right now mm-hmm. to get this back to square. And uh, yeah, it drives me, it drives me a lot. I love it. It would be, de- you know what? It's definitely interesting. And there, you know, I might maybe the next episode when we do a little bit of a follow-up, I'm a, I think I'm going to reach out to a couple guys that have played like mini tours, maybe Ben Kilborn and just have them, maybe just have them come on and, and, I would love to hear it from the guys that have done it at a little bit higher level. Yeah. To see like how they, how they like it. What do you think they'll do? You think they'll enjoy it or do you think they well, like I, the, the regular stroke play better? Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth, but it's like, for instance, so my rig, uh, my golf coach who's up in Oregon grew up in Wales. 
Okay. So that's all that they do. I mean, everyone sits here and talks about why do the Europeans play so well in Ryder Cup? You have to understand their tournament styles for amateurs are all match, but not all, but majority are match play events. I didn't, like, I didn't know that. Like when all those guys were growing up, I mean, there's a ton of match play style events that those kids play in. Okay. Like that's what they do. Brackets and 36 a day if you're, if you win and, and you keep going and all this stuff. So they have a passion for it. Yeah. Not that we don't, not that we don't, but you know, our guys here are playing 35 stroke play events. And, you know, and even when you look at the NCAA tournaments, the, uh, I think just the NCAA one is, I think it's metal play. Right. I think they do do a hand. I think they do do. Do 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 do. You're talking and about you just, do do. You, twice. You and there's going to be a couple cutouts of this. Oh, I'm going to leave that in. All right, but that's all I'm saying. I mean, I think there's a huge difference yeah. with how they grow up playing golf and how people in the United States grow up playing golf. And there's nothing wrong with it. Some people love competitive individual stroke play golf. I do. It yeah, just do. it just doesn't burn a hole in me like it does going one on one or or true alternate shot or four ball, which is, you know, part of the reason why when we sat down and we were like, you know, doing the AGT series stuff, why it started gearing me up. It was like, it's something that I never thought I would like doing outside of doing it a couple times. Yeah. But now you go to an event like that we had uh, on Monday at yeah, Bull so Valley. It's a perfect segue right there. I want to know what happened there. And you, you end up, we ended up with a shotgun. We had the whole course to ourselves, which is basically what we're trying to do with these Monday events. And uh, you just, you start to see the same faces, but I always go back to it. It's the guys that are new that I haven't seen before. And then I start talking to them about the format and they're just like, this is cool because I get to, I get to play with my buddy and then you throw in that, that sliver of competitiveness and then you right. get the live scoring to see where you're at and it just keeps building. I mean, we, Marlo and I started scoreboard watching probably on the seventh hole because I think we were two under at that point. Okay. Um, and then we just, you know, sort of played off it. I mean, we both played, we were both playing well. So for us to be scoreboard watching, it was like, we really kind of weren't worried. We just wanted to know where everyone was at. And it was that golf course. I, I, I don't know if I've said it on this, but I think I have, that is the heart. If you want to play a golf course and, and try to learn how to hit out of the rough, you go play bull Valley, go play bull Valley, you go play bull Valley in Woodstock, Illinois, because that the rough there is probably just as penal as it is at when they grow it out at the U S open, it's naughty, it's twisty. You got to be able to hit certain shots in the certain parts of the greens. Yeah. You got to carry the ball out there distances. So, um, it was it's ranked 10th or 20th, I think in the state, right. For toughest it, course. I mean, I don't know about, I don't know if they actually do a ranking for toughest course, but I, don't know. I mean, it's gotta be way up there. They used yeah. to do an event out there called, and I think they still do it, but I played in it once as many moons ago, but it was CDGA did it. It was called the tip of the horn. It's when they tip out that golf course all the way to like oh, the wow. maximum. And I think 81 was, was like say, what the lowest score that was out there that day. How, how deep is that then? How many yards? I think when they tip it out, it's like 75, 7,500. And I'm pretty sure it's got a rating of like 78.7. I mean, it's, listen, it's a tough golf course from whatever tee box you play from. I mean, generally speaking, we usually try to average out our yardages based on the handicaps of the players that are playing and a cumulative yardage that we'll do for an event. But 
it doesn't matter if you got a driver in your hand 12 times or if you got to hit four three woods out of that 12 or four hybrids out of 12, you still got to put the ball in the fairway. And then once you're in the fairway, you know, you got a lot of, you got a little ups and downs. You got huge slopes in the greens, but that is, there's always a course that I always ask to be on our, any schedule that we put together every single year. And that's, and that's one of them. That course is amazing. Well, and what happened there? Um, well, you guys took it home, right? <laughs> Uh, in the net division, uh, Tony and, um, uh, Nick, uh, not Tudor, um, they won the net competition, yeah. which was uh, pretty hysterical. I've I've known George's friend Nick for a few years now. He's very eccentric. He shows up and he's all excited to play. Nick <laughs> Lohan, and he's all excited to play. So um, I was very happy for him. Uh, Tony Tudor, there's like, I think every Tudor, but Marius is headed down to <laughs> to Branson. Um, but I'm sure he'll figure out a way he'll to get, get away in there in too. There somehow. And then in the, uh, in the gross side, I was... Uh, I was fortunate to have a great partner. I mean, Marlo birdied the 17th hole. Um, we kind of talked about it uh, when we were driving from 16. He, di- he didn't fare so well on 16, so I, I just got us to par. And then on 17, I was like, hey, man, let's just get two shots in the fairway or in the first cut. You're going to lay up on this hole anyway. So yeah. it's really going to come down to putting you at a certain yardage. So we got into a good yardage. And then he had a great shot in there. And uh, he was underneath the hole, and he made uh, – he made a birdie. It gave us a two-shot lead because on eight, 18 turned into a whole debacle. Okay. So we're up there on the tee box, and I, I I scoped the tree, and it was like 262 or 258 or something like that. So Marlo was going first the whole time. He hits a ball. He hits his driver. goes past that tree into the right rough, and he's between two trees. Like, And I'm telling him the whole time, I'm like, you got a clear look. It's going to be great. So I, hit, I pull a hybrid, which I only hit at like 225, 230. And as soon as I hit it, I looked at Marlon and I was like, it's going to be underneath the tree. Like I was jacked up. Like yeah. I smoked it. Yeah. Sure enough. It's literally like on the, not almost, not to the trunk of the tree, but it was like to the point where I had to hit like this low bullet seven iron over water Yeah, and then get it into the back bunker. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, Marlo's got 144 yards and he's fine. And Hey, listen, that's the, he put the pressure back on me. He, he pulled it a little bit left. It went in the water. Um, so now I'm trying and, and that was, that's, there's a moment where the live scoring is beautiful, right? So George and Nick had just finished. So I knew that they were at plus two. We were at even par. Eric Shue and Billy Hamilton had one hole to play. And they were plus, they were plus two. Two, okay. They were plus two. So now thinking to myself what hole they were playing, they were playing the fourth hole, which is like a super tricky, short, narrow, downhill, turns right, par four, right? Like it's it's pretty tricky. So I'm telling myself out of the bunker, going into the bunker shot, I'm like, just get the ball past the hole. Like it's one of those things, like it's it's a moment where you're just understanding what's going on in the match around you. It's like match play. Right it there. is. The worst thing I could do right now, even though there was water long, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my bunker game. Just don't leave it in the bunker. Right. So I went after it a little bit harder and just, you know, got it out and got it to like 12 feet and then didn't make that putt. So we ended up winning with a score of plus one. Plus one, yeah. Um, it was, it was awesome. I love doing it with Marlo. Him and I have been 
talking about playing in that event since Misswood. Right. So he came up to me and he was like, Hey, I want to do Bull Valley. Let's do Bull Valley together. So it's been like every couple of weeks, him and I are, he'll text me and be like, we're still doing Bull Valley. Right. So I'm like, yeah, no, dude, yeah. don't worry. We're it's doing good. Bull we're Valley. So, but yeah, I mean, these, these events on the Mondays, when we get the opportunity to have the golf course and, and really make it our own and sort of take our time. I mean, they had the bar open, they provided a box lunch for us. Oh, wow. Um, their general manager and one of their members played together in, in our event. And, you know, those are the things that going forward are really cool when you start to when you start to build those relationships. Even though we've had a relationship with them, we had a relationship with them doing individual events. Now they're like, wow, we can we can start to to do this stuff and get our members to come into this and right. it just leads into everything else that we're doing. I was just thinking right now, like I think next event I'm gonna play, I'm gonna try to play like match play against my partner. So that way Against the person that I guess on I'm, your that team? I'm teamed with, yeah. Okay. Well, it'll probably be Jerry, because him and I we like to okay. against each other. But that way you're you're trying to compete to get to that par or birdie against yourself mm-hmm. and then, you know, let the overall score happen. But if you're Well, I th- that's that's a good thing, but I th- I think that for yourself if you're going into a tournament with Jerry, you're probably playing for the net. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? So I don't I don't think you should spend so much time trying to beat him. I think what you need to do is you need to play more off of him. Marlo and I were I think it's a good team. Because so here to break it down, Zach Harvey and I, who won it when we won in Ohio, we hit the ball similar distances, yeah, similar shot shapes. I mean, it, there's a lot of similarities there. Marlo and I, it's more like I can. He has, he's consistent. So I can push him to sort of, Hey man, get that driver out there, bunt that driver because on a hole where I know I'm not going to hit driver, he gets it out there a little bit right now. I can really start getting aggressive, whether it's three wood or driver or something like that. And we never put ourselves in a position where I, I, I was, it was uncomfortable. I mean, there was one par three where on 16, I think he hit it short into the high grass. And for me, it's 154 yards. So it was just, I was, when we were talking about, it, I was like, it's either a hard nine iron or just a smooth eight. Once you see him do what he did off the tee, then the sort of the teammate mentality goes into it. I, I, if I was you, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to play match play within your opponent because if you start getting yourself into a position where you're like, yes, and then you don't focus on what you're trying right. to do. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I, I, I think it's a good thinking of it. What I would do is what I've always told you to do when you go out and you play against people is try to beat the people we're going against. The people you're going against. I mean, it, it was, it was always my model in playing flighted events. I can't control what everybody else is doing, but if the only way I can win is if I beat the three other people in my group, right? Right. You got to beat the them only, first. You yeah. got to beat them first. You got to yeah. do that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So, um, we are, what are we? Four weeks away from Hazeltine. Oh yeah. And I cannot wait to go. I'm counting down the days. I am. So, um, we've got some, we're going to have some more episodes coming up before the Hazeltine one. Um, Emily Sobit's going to be joining us for an episode. I can't wait for that too. I know I was, uh, uh, her and I were talking about it. She's actually going to come all the way to Studio She's C. She's coming to Studio C. She's coming to Studio C. I got to get the dog ready. Got to make sure. Hopefully she likes dogs if she's Hopefully allergic. Hopefully no allergies. Hopefully no allergies. We'll have some pills or something for her if she I gets it. I got pills in so. the car somewhere. Um, 
So I want to thank everybody tonight. Thank you for listening to my recap of the weekend. I know I, I talked a lot over this entire episode, but I wanted to uh, thank everybody out there. We're sorry we're late getting this out to you. But uh, Andy, any parting words? No, I just uh, I love what we're doing still, and I'm having a great time. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's keep doing it, brother. Yes, sir. Love it 100%. Good night, everybody. Good night.